Welcome to the show. I'm your host, Dr. Mike Wall. Well, good health is often thought of as a lack of negative things in our lives like mental stress and physical illness. But I think it's a lot more than that. Health is more like a state of being and wellness are the things that we do to live a healthier lifestyle. Now, one thing that I always found was effective for caring for my own mental, emotional, spiritual, and even physical well-being was traveling. Now, with restrictions lifting, travel is on everyone's mind. And not surprisingly, it's believed that wellness travel is expected to outpace all other sectors of the overall wellness economy in the coming years. So today I have a very special guest, and that's Debbie Travis. Now we all know her from her Gemini award-winning series, The Painted House, and from the CTV show, From the Ground Up with Debbie Travis. She's authored nine books, she speaks internationally, and she's now developed a wellness retreat in Tuscany, Italy. Now, as someone who's always been one step ahead of the curve, I was eager to find out why she feels wellness travel is the next big thing and to learn more about how she weaves wellness into her retreats. She joined me from her villa in Tuscany to share more. Hi, Debbie. Welcome to the show. Hello, hello, hello. Thank you for having me, Mike. Well, we're talking about a subject that we're both pretty passionate about. You have your finger on the pulse of all things that are current, and you have now gotten really heavy into wellness tourism. You know, what inspired you to do this in particular? You chose Italy, right? Well, yes, I, um, you know, it's not that I've got into tourism, but I guess you're right. That's exactly what I'm doing. But basically, long story short, I was completely... um, you know, a, a little bit, tell the television business, which I was in for 30 years, was getting a little bit deja vu for me, you know, where every day seemed the same. And I, I felt I was losing my passion. But we'd also, um, a few years before, filmed across Italy. And I just fell in love with everything that was kind of going on here, the food, the wine, you know, the beauty, the architecture, the vineyards, I mean, just everything. And so like many people, this little seed of what if, what if one day we bought a little house here, it was our holiday house, kids were growing up, and that seed really exploded because what happened was we started to spend more and more time here. We rented, which is a an amazing way to do Italy is rent a house, you know, lots of friends and kids and, you know, you all, because the properties are very large, these old farms. And uh, we did that every summer, but something happened. We just felt amazing when we returned and it wasn't just, oh, well, I've been on holiday. It was our skin glowed, uh, you know, our eyes shone. We lost weight when we lost, you know, we were eating pasta and wine and, you know, and something was going on. So um, we kind of revved up the search and we, we started to kind of really put pins in the map and we didn't know where we were going, but we ended up like so many people in Tuscany because of its beauty. And, and then I thought, well, okay, so I'm going to do this amazing renovation, which was right up my alley, mm-hmm. but then what? And a lot of people said, if you're going to be here most of the time, you need to do something. And so I started to put the two and two together you know, I felt good. I f- felt really 10, 15 years younger. My husband did. Everybody who stayed with us did. Um, so I thought instead of just buying something that's for us, why don't I buy it for other people? So we ended up buying a very large, broken down <laughs> ruin, if you will, but with a view that will bring you to your knees in the postcard of Tuscany. The actual, if you Google Tuscany and the, the pictures, Tuscany is very large. We're yeah. in the bit that is just so beautiful. 
So then the, the journey began and that was in um, 2009. And we started doing retreats in a rental property while ours was being restored. And it took a long time. It took many, many years. It took five years to do, and uh, it's huge. Mm -hmm. And um, so we, we kind of, we worked out what we wanted to do. So, so we started with just women. Mm -hmm. And in the end, this rental property was this dusty old villa. I could have put them in a tent. It didn't matter. They came here and they changed in front of our eyes. It was remarkable. And then in 2015, we opened our doors. And um, yeah, that's how it all happened. Wow. I, you know, I wonder, I've traveled quite a bit. I'm sure you've traveled all over the world. Europe in general, in particular Italy specifically, they do have a very different pace of life. Was that why you chose Italy and, and Tuscany specifically as opposed to I don't know, somewhere in the Caribbean, for example, which is also warm and relaxing. Yeah. Well, you know, I'm European. I'm, I'm, well, I'm British. So, of course, until last year, I was European. I think uh, <laughs> I don't know what it is with Brexit, with Brexit now. Anyway, but, you know, but yes, so Britain is very much more like North America. Um, but, but there is a sense of uh, what is important here. And I think for so many of your listeners, you know, this is what has been drummed home is, with us over the pandemic is people are rethinking their lives. What is important? Whereas it's been so skewed over the last 20, 30 years where work drives everything and then going to the gym and then going and do the supermarket shop and then going home cooking dinner and then back into it. And, and suddenly we've changed. We really have. And you may not have found the change yet, but we are rethinking. Whereas in Europe, they uh, in Italy, let's talk about Italy because Europe is a very, very large place. But in Italy, it's all about routine. So one of the things that um, that people do here is in the morning, their coffee. So it's a perfect example of North America. You go and get your coffee at a big box store, you know, whatever the, the big chains. Um, sometimes you go through a drive through, you get a massive coffee and you may have it in the car and you rush to work with here you cannot get throughout the whole of Italy, you cannot get takeout coffee. Yeah. And when you first come here, it's a little disturbing. It's like, but I'm too busy. I don't have time to sit down. Takes five minutes. Talk to the barista. You'll get to know him. You know, <laughs> you're probably dating one day. I don't know. You know, have your coffee in a china cup. Yeah. Drink it, put your phone down then leave and start your day. So that's the, that's the first big difference. And then the next is lunch. Lunch, lunch is a religion here, mm. like food. Mm -hmm. At one o'clock, tools go down, um, pens go down, computer screens, and you go out for lunch. Sit on a wall and have a sandwich or panini or go to a restaurant. But you leave your desk, you leave your work. And, you know, here lunch is two hours. So that's like... North Americans will go, oh, my God, I can't, I can't do that. And it's not like they're eating lunch for two hours, but they'll take a little siesta. They'll maybe clean their closets. They'll do something and then back to work. And then at, a, at six o'clock, they have something that is throughout the entire country. And it actually has a name. It's called passeggiata. And passeggiata basically means go for a walk. It doesn't matter if you're 95 and you're on a frame. It doesn't matter if you're uh, out with the stroller and the kids or you're, if you're a grumpy teenager chatting with your friends. Everybody goes out. 
the boys look at the girls, you know, the old ladies, you know, moan about this and this and this, you know, people, you know, people talk. Some people walk fast, some people don't walk very fast. Some people like me walk to the bar, but it is yeah. a, a chance to recoup. Now, some people go back to work after that. Mm-hmm. So they, they may go back to the office, um, you know, people go home and cook dinner, but it's, it's that little break between yeah. work and dinner or home life. And those are the core elements. Everything else is fitted in. And once you get, it's very difficult, of course, at first when this happens and you're, you're, you're in the middle of a renovation and you say, uh, okay, well, let, we'll discuss this at two o'clock. They look at you as you've just taken their first born. You know, it's yeah. like, no, it's a prank. It's a lunch. It's the lunch, Debbie. <laughs> and, you know, I have, a guy, I have a guy arriving in the minute, a pizza guy who's going to be doing some stuff for us, making pizzas for an event. And, I said, well, can you come, uh, you know, a little earlier? And he was like, he looked at me like I was mad. No, no, I have come at three <laughs> because then he back to work. Yeah. And, and these are just traditions. We had those traditions mm-hmm. in North America. Farmers took breaks. They, they, they had a routine. Now we're flat out all the time. So you can incorporate some of these things. And what happens when people come here is they, they say, why do I feel so good? Look at the routine we've kept to. It's for your wellness. And there's no point working around the clock if you're not well. We're here with Debbie Travis, home designer, television host and producer, best-selling author, sought-after public speaker, and now wellness tourism host in Tuscan retreats in Italy. We'll learn more right after the break. Welcome back. We're here with Debbie Travis. She's a home designer, television host, and producer. She's a best-selling author. She's a sought-after public speaker. And now she's a wellness tourism host for Italian retreats that she has in Tuscany. Let's get back to the interview and find out why she feels wellness travel is so important for our health. You, in your career, you have been everything from a model to a TV host and producer, which I love your shows. Um, You're an author, you're an entrepreneur, you're a mom, you know, how did you integrate wellness into your life while you were that busy? And has that sort of shifted as you've learned more? Well, I didn't. And that was the problem because I was busy all the time. And, and I think there's this great pride, um, may just be me, of saying to people, oh, God, I'm so busy. I'm so busy. You know, it's like, well, it, because that word busy makes you feel superior. It makes you feel important. It makes you feel that your life is worthwhile. Mm-hmm. And we lost the, you know, we, you know, I remember a friend saying to me, um, yeah, I, 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 I can't do it tomorrow because I'm going to finish my book or something <laughs> under a tree. And I'm like, what? Who has time for finishing a book under a tree? You know, because it's your badge of honor to be busy. But busy can also be about meeting a friend and going for a walk. So it's it's really changing the way you do things. And I I think I was exhausted. I worked, you know, I worked on adrenaline like so many people for a long time, and and was thrilled because success boosts you. But when you crash, you crash. And suddenly, when it wasn't so much fun anymore, and we would come here and we would sit in a in a piazza, in a, you know, a town square and watch the world go by and nobody was on their phone. If they were, they were tourists, you know, mm-hmm. and everybody, and the level of talking 
you know, every, the noise level in this country, you know, <laughs> I think if you go to space, you just see Italy as this vibrating country. Everybody's chatting and talking and meeting people and, hey, you know, Giovanni, oh my God. And like you say, you don't even have to speak the language. I don't speak Italian still. Yeah. I am useless. But you manage to have conversations all day, every day with everybody. Mm. And, uh, and, and then, of course, once you've seen this, it's very hard to go back. Mm -hmm. Because you think, hang on a minute. And my husband and I, you know, we've run our television company and we still do, mm -hmm. but we run it together. And suddenly we both had the same conversation. And it was a very emotional moment of what if, what if we, <laughs> we moved on to this hillside in Tuscany and tried to do it from afar? Of course, now everybody's doing that. But and it worked and it's and the wellness i don't know if that came before or later but it, it's about you know re reorganizing your life and the everyday normal things and 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 feeling the benefits mm -hmm. and the benefit the benefit is more joy the benefit is smiling more mm -hmm. the benefit is you're happier do you think that there's been a difference in the type of travel experiences people are looking for now that the pandemic has hit? Has it created awareness in us? Without a doubt. I think, well, I think this was going on a little bit before the pandemic where people were looking for, um, especially women. And I say that because um, a lot of women maybe want to go somewhere and they don't have a, maybe they can't find a friend who can go at the same time or they just want to go and relax. And where do you go to? You go to a spa. And you can only do so many spas. You hang around in your dressing gown. So when we created this in 2009, it, the idea was that women could come alone. They would be feel safe from the minute they arrive in Rome, which is quite terrifying for a lot of people. You know, mm -hmm. if you haven't been out of Halifax, you know, it's like, oh, you know. Um, but you're safe. You're with us. And we've been, you know, I mean, we're booked out all the time because we've created a haven where where you've got people you can have dinner with because i've traveled a lot on my own and it's very lonely and the worst time is dinner time any businesswoman who's you know crossing the country on a business meeting what do you do sit in your room or sit at a table you get the worst table in a restaurant when you're a single woman i don't know about men but women it's pretty bad so this way you're with 18 other women and you get to be part of a group or you be quiet on your own. You do whatever you like. So, so that was kind of the, one of the first basis. And then we started, we were very excited. We got invited a few years ago on a classic car rally by BMW in Germany. Oh. And, um, oh, cool. Oh my God. I said to my husband, you've got to stop smiling now because now you're starting to look a little strange, you know? And he was just, you know, rushing through breakfast like a six-year-old wanting to play and then out. And then we drove different cars every day. Well, of course, my little brain that never stops, you know, banging away. I said, we could do this. So um, we, we started classic car rallies. So we bring in nine mechanics, uh, about 15 or 16 classic cars from every everything you can imagine, E-type, Jags. And the, we supply the car, we supply the insurance, we supply everything. And I thought, mm, we're never going to fill this. We are full full this year and next year half full. So basically, uh, it's a great thing for couples or 
two, well, two women or two guys or, you know, but it's something that there's not a lot of women can find stuff to give their old man, you know, a gift. Yeah. And, um, and this becomes, um, something really, really cool. Mm -hmm. And the guys look deranged. They're so happy. And, you know, and, and everybody gets to drive a different car twice a day. And, and so going back to your question, these are different types of holidays. They're kind of, if you like, event holidays. So I think, you know, the last 10, 15 years was the all-inclusive or the cruise ship, which mm -hmm. uh, my idea of hell, to be honest. But you know, they were things that people knew, you know, they could go to easy, you know, the, for the Caribbean, I think it's great. But in Europe, a lot of people don't want to take your typical tour mm -hmm. because they don't want to be part of that mosh pit of, of traveling with a bunch of strangers. So we said, OK, we'll bring these people together and we create a different. So they always did yoga weeks. They always did. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, cooking weeks were, you know, the big thing in Italy. You go to a place and, and you cook, but you know, maybe you don't want to cook every day. So we kind of created these weeks where you, you do a bit of everything that Tuscany is famous for. But the car week is about the driving, the wine, of course, not at the same time, yes. um, and great food and, and seeing Tuscany, um, which is a driving area. I mean, it's these windy white roads and stuff. And, and, and we use... Um, we use walkie-talkies, oh, cool. so the so the passenger is on the walkie-talkie with the lead car, who's going, okay, tracks are on the left, you know, move to the right, move to the right, and it's like oh. it, it's an adventure every day. And yeah. um, so, so I'm always looking for new kind of things, but it's all based at our villa. Mm -hmm. I don't do these, you know, I don't, I'm not interested in taking people to another country. It's because I know this place, I know mm -hmm. this area after so many years really well, and we know the best of the best. And um, yeah, we try and just let people go home with the biggest smile on their face and, you know, happy. When I look at what you're doing. It looks as though you have this core, which is the villa, which has these amazing ways to immerse yourself in the culture and ingrain healthy activities, which are just, you know, fundamental to it. But then from there, you're offering these experiences that may be unique to the person's taste, whether it be car rallying or a girl's getaway or wellness or cooking. Um, you know, how how does somebody come away from that, um, you know, sort of recharged, ready to go when they go home and, and maybe even more, like you said, motivated to add these into their daily daily habits from then? Well, it's a great question because, like I said, on we we do these what we call forums, which is really just a, an excuse for an aperitivo, <laughs> you know, and more, more drink. So, you know, everybody sits down before dinner. Um, and we sit around a fire or we, you know, we sit watching the sun go down and, 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 and we discuss something, whatever it is. And of course, women love talking and discussing. And, and, and on the last one of the week, every single time for 10 years, people go, you know, look at us. We are not the same group of people that got out of that van seven days ago. And I am scared of going back. I, I, I want to feel like this. I feel like a 14 year old. I feel alive. I've laughed more this week. I've cried more. We're dancing. I mean, I have to send these women to bed at two in the morning. I'm like, you've got yoga at eight. You need to go and sleep yeah. now. You naughty, naughty girls, you know, put the gardener <laughs> away. <laughs> um, and so this is why I, I wrote a book called Joy, um, which came out a couple of months ago. And Joy is about taking all these elements, which are quite simple, finding your purpose, um, 
what is purpose? It's why we get up in the morning. It's your raison d'être in French. Uh, it's your chi in, you know, in Asia. It's, you know, every country has a word for purpose. If you don't have purpose, what is the point? And mm -hmm. it's not about making a million dollars. It's about, I'm going to repot those geraniums this weekend. That's my purpose for the week. I'm going to, I'm going to write in my diary something this time I'm going to sit down and do it. You know, purpose is simple. It's like, I, I'm going to make, make a, a new type of soup, you know? Um, but whereas we've been trained to think purpose is get those exams right, climb the ladder, do the work, be the best of this, the best of that. Well, purpose is also simple stuff. I'm going to hug a tree, you know? Mm -hmm. um, and so it could be purpose. It could be rethinking how you eat, how you drink, how you walk, how you exercise. Like a walk every day, like the Italians do. Because, again, you talk about wellness and most people think of wellness as fitness. And then you think of mm. the gym body and the gym body just gets more exhausting because as you get older, oh, it just gets more difficult. And then you see the old ladies. There are 95 years old. Every village around here, there are more octogenarians in my village. <laughs> I say to the women, if you can't find a guy here, you're never going to find one. Um, and they sit at the end of the day on, on stone benches and the, all the women sit together every day. I don't know what they talk about. Their little legs dangling in their little thick stockings and then men sit over there drinking their grappa. They're in their 90s. Yeah. You know, this is what we want. So really your goal is not to be in a, an old people's home pumped with pills. Mm -hmm. That's what the blue zone is. I'm a big fan yeah. of the blue zone. The Love blue it. zone are the five areas of the world. And there's only one town in North America that made the blue zones. Mm -hmm. And yet they think they're fit and healthy. They're yeah. not, you yeah. know, because it's about community, about being together and Community is something that we lost because we built suburbia and we built high rises and it destroyed community. So now we have to bring community back into our lives by creating groups and, and having a walking group, a, a book group, a choir group, a this group. So you reinvent community. We're here with Debbie Travis, home designer, television host and producer, best-selling author, sought after public speaker, and now wellness tourism host in Tuscan retreats in Italy. We'll learn more right after the break. Welcome back. We're here with Debbie Travis. She's a home designer, television host, and producer. She's a best-selling author. She's a sought-after public speaker. And now she's a wellness tourism host for Italian retreats that she has in Tuscany. Let's get back to the interview and find out why she feels wellness travel is so important for our health. Let's talk about some of the specific things that you do at your retreat. And, and, and I want to get your philosophy on why you think they're important. So one thing that you do for self-care is, uh, is mindfulness and meditation. You also mentioned yoga. Why do you incorporate those into a lot of the activities you do? Okay, well, it's probably not the, the answer you're looking for. We do, we do yoga. We built a beautiful floating yoga platform looking out over the valley. The yoga teacher says it's the noisiest yoga uh, lesson she ever to teach teaches because the, everybody's talking yeah so they're finishing their conversation from the night before you know downward dog you know they've got their head under their arms going i know i said to him and it's like ladies you know whatever but it's a way to get people to get up in the morning they can do whatever they want they could it's just a little stretch some people doze all the, but it's a way to 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 you know invigorate the day 
And we, we bring in what's called mindfulness meditation. So we built a beautiful little lake where people can sit um, and, and, and either come down alone and meditate. And I find meditation very, very difficult because I'm always thinking. But what I've learned through, we have a woman from Boston who lives here and she's been doing it for a long, long time, way before it was popular. But it's just, it's a training yourself to be still. Mm-hmm. And whatever you get out of that, it's fine. And then now we've included, you know, meditation. We've got a beautiful glen in one of the, which we've cleared in one of the, the what's called a bosco in the wood. And, and this is where you can do, like, a, it sounds nuts, but a bit of tree hugging. But I am convinced that walking through a wood or finding a tree in a local park that's your tree and sitting with it, and sitting being quiet it's about because when you take your mind away from something you know it's hard it's a lesson you know it's a task and it takes yogis and meditation gurus all their life to be able to do it but even if you can do it for 20 minutes or five minutes or just lie there you're you're trying to get the worry the negative thoughts all that stuff that's that other person that's that's the chatter that mm-hmm. is endless in all of us. Why didn't that person call? She never called. Yeah, da, 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 yeah. And suddenly you're lying on the grass like a little girl looking through the, the leaves of a tree. Mm-hmm. It's very hard to think about that sister who hasn't called you and you always make the calls. And da, 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 da. You know, it's, it's very hard. So one kind of starts to take over and it becomes a nice little ritual that can be mm-hmm. done anywhere anywhere and so we do that but what we do i think the core of of the the wellness here is the community and the and the, and the long tables mm-hmm. so tuscany is famous for its long its long table and i found you know when i was in canada for so many years people find um you know socializing through a, a dinner or a lunch, a little more formal than they do in Europe. So it would be like, oh yeah, can you come next September? We're doing this, you know. So I tell a story in the book of the first long table, you know, 30 people, and we invited everybody we'd met here. And I'm in the kitchen and my husband comes in. He goes, who are all these people? Mm. I said, what do you mean? He said, Debbie, there are people walking down the driveway with their grannies and their neighbors and their friends. And I'm like, so there were in the end, there were 65 mm. and people brought their grannies, their neighbors. And, 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 and somebody said, just give me another table, put on more pasta, you know, and that is the Italian way of pasta, yeah. you know, just put on another, you know, what, and so you make it less formal. And if you're less formal, you make it more fun. It's a bit more like the barbecue, you know, yeah. you're having, you know, it's more casual. So you but do it more often. Mm-hmm. Tell people, bring a dish, do that, you know, make it part of your life that, you know, once every few weeks you have a gang over mm-hmm. and you, again, it's bringing community, it's conversation, bringing people together. And so every meal here, some are out, some are picnics, some are at sheep farms, you know, that they, they become, they're not just eating, they become value. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, 
Well, you, you hit it. You, you were actually, you hit nature, which is a huge part of what our lifestyle here as Newfoundland is. So you talk about the views, you talk about your groves. So you've hit that. You've talked about mindfulness meditation, talk about social aspects, you talk about nutrition. Now, one thing I think that's really uh, interesting about what you do is you also promote sustainable nutrition. You talk about foraging and finding your own foods and then eating healthier that way. Can you share a little bit about that? Well, foraging is something that I've kind of only discovered a few years ago. Um, and then I realized that it's actually becoming very popular around the world. So foraging is basically, well, when, first when we came to Italy, I used to see uh, women, you know, uh, skirts tucked in their underwear, you know, deep in a bush. And I'm, you know, and then I see an old man up a tree or, you know, and, and you have the right to roam here. So you can walk through somebody's land or you see two little old ladies hiding behind a tree because they're looking for my truffles. And I, I can see you, you know, <laughs> if, if I don't breathe, she won't see me type of thing. Um, and, and what I realized at first I thought, well, maybe, you know, they don't have any money. So they're, they're looking for asparagus in the hedges and stuff. And then I realized, no, this is the good stuff. Yeah, but, but then you realize it's more than that. So if you join a foraging club, what you get out of it, meet new friends. So you hit the community thing on the head. You learn something. We all need to keep learning. I don't care whether you're nine or 90. You keep learning that that leaf is a member of the dandy and it's delicious, you know, mm -hmm. and I don't care what country you come in. It's there. Um, and, 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 and you get to get out in the fresh air. So all this stuff, it becomes a little event. And we had a woman came here and we did a foraging group and somebody took us and they showed us, you know, the leaves you can eat, the leaves you can't eat, the wild garlic, the wild asparagus, this, and then she, they made a lunch out of it. And it was off the charts. Amazing. And then I got an email two months later from a woman in Calgary. And she said, you know, Debbie, I came to your retreat because I was looking for my next chapter. See, now I'm going to cry. And she said, I came back and I've, I've, I've started a foraging group. Mm, nice. And it started with three people. She said, now it's like off the, off the chart. We have to, you know, it's like 300 people want to come, you know, we have to, mm. <laughs> we have to you know, and, and she said, it's changed my life. Mm. Yeah. And, 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 and the other thing we have, what's called an auto here, and an auto is a vegetable garden. And all Italians grow their own vegetables. If they're in an apartment, they'll have a, a little allotment. They'll have something. They'll have a window box. They will grow their Because the pleasure of growing something is immense. You know, I know you can buy a, a tomato in the supermarket, but it's nothing like the tomato that you've grown. You know, and if you look at the Italian areas of Halifax or Toronto or Calgary or something, there's always an Italian area with a tiny house and he's growing vegetables and things all over. Yeah. Um, so... Again, I once found a woman sitting very quietly in our vegetable garden. And uh, I said, what are you doing? She said, I, I can't leave this place. I said, well, it's not that amazing. She said, something is talking to me and I don't know what it is. So I left her to the cucumbers and I thought, well, okay, let, <laughs> let, her, talk, let her talk to the cucumbers. Again, she wrote to me and she said, I've moved. I've opened up. I bought a piece of land and I'm creating allotments for people. And she said, we are all I do is charge uh, the, the taxes and stuff like that. And people come, we pool the uh, equipment and everything. And she said, it's, you know, it's packed, you know, and she made about 40 different sections on this land. And she said, and there's benches, people talk. So again, you hit health, mm -hmm. wellness, community, 
purpose, you know, and that's what our grandfathers did mm -hmm. and our grandmothers. They went down to the allotments and okay. suddenly we, you know, we didn't have to do that anymore, but it's all coming back. We're here with Debbie Travis, home designer, television host and producer, best-selling author, sought-after public speaker, and now wellness tourism host in Tuscan retreats in Italy. We'll learn more right after the break. Welcome back. We're here with Debbie Travis. She's a home designer, television host, and producer. She's a best-selling author. She's a sought-after public speaker. And now she's a wellness tourism host for Italian retreats that she has in Tuscany. Let's get back to the interview and find out why she feels wellness travel is so important for our health. Well, I got a question for you. Maybe it's a little personal question, but you've helped people through your design for years and years and years, but now you're helping people in a much different way that's having a really profound impact on how they live their entire lives. How's that benefited or been impactful on you as a person? Oh, it's life-changing. I mean, yes, it's, it's lovely to show people how to decorate a room on television, but you don't actually meet the people unless you go to an event. Um, and I, ne I actually never realized how, I hate to say this, how popular I was until I stopped doing it. And then, of course, all these followers have come along with you. And... Um, and young people too, who, you know, used to watch it when they came in from school and, and it's, it is impactful that you've, that people have got a Debbie Travis story and whether it's sponging their walls or something, but here you get to see people arrive fall to their knees. Some, I'm not exaggerating some of them because the view is, it's so beautiful. You know, it's the rolling hills, the lines of cypress trees, the, the olive groves, the, the, the vineyards, the lavender fields. People just stand there and then they know this decision to come here, to invest in myself was the right thing to do. But the pleasure we get out of it is, is immense. And, and uh, you know, I'm old now and I, I, I don't look it. I'm a few, a few decades older than you and I don't look it because I'm always happy. Yeah. I'm smiling, you know, I don't need... Botox and all this stuff because my muscles are going up all the time. It's a yeah. stupid thing to say, I know, but but you you just everything is giving you pleasure. And yeah. whether it's you know, I'm trying to seed at the moment and I'm watching the seeds and nothing's coming through, and I'm trying to be patient, you know, but I know very soon I'll have broad beans and peas coming and this coming. And and I see people arrive and they and they they just shake all that dust off them and they go, wow. It, you know, when you're on a, in a, doing a job that is constantly, you know, negative and, 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 and driving you insane, that has to affect your health. Mm -hmm. It has to. Mm -hmm. And my, I think the, the most fun part of my job of making, you know, the five television shows that I did um, was going and sitting in, in the editing suites, listening to the editors laughing, you know, when as they put this footage together and seeing people's happiness. And then, you know, I, just knowing that you're giving people joy through the calamities that went on in this show and not just ideas, you know, because our shows were different. They were about the good, the bad and the ugly of families decorating together, which is good television. You know, and, now, and I was the first. Now mm -hmm. there's thousands of these things uh, and, and, and I get that here, people opening up, talking about, you know, their lives. I had a, I had a woman once, so 
it was just, I never forgot her. And she's sitting by the fire. We're all having a drink. And she said, you know, the reason I'm here is I was widowed. Um, very young, I think, at about 42. And she said, um, my children had, you know, had, had just left home. They were in university. And I was alone. And I led on the couch for years. And I just had the television on. And she, she says, one day, I'm lying, it's the middle of the afternoon, and I hear your voice. And I sit up, and I'd made a documentary series called Dolce, La Dolce Debbie, okay. which was about, it was a six-part documentary series, which you can get on YouTube, um, called La Dolce Debbie, about the renovation and my next chapter and the nightmare of, of everything I did in Tuscany, the old, you know, the building of this property, which was difficult. Mm -hmm. And she said, <laughs> always makes me laugh. She says, I call my daughter up and she said, I just want you to know I'm going to Italy to stay with Debbie Travis. <laughs> the daughter says, mom, you haven't been to the supermarket in five years and now you're going to <laughs> Italy. Yeah. And she said, and here I am. Yeah. And I'm here now, enough now. I've done my grieving. I'm ready. I'm ready to uh to start my life again so your question is what do i get out of this well yeah. how lucky am i to have yeah. to have to be able to change people's lives like that and give them a, you know give them a boost or a kick up the backside <laughs> yeah well how lucky am i to get to interview people like yourself and this is what i Aww. get to do share this information with people now we're winding down uh, here but i i i, I really want to just get your last final thoughts like what would you tell somebody who's listening who is a little bit afraid of going outside the norm when it comes to traveling and having these sort of experiences, what should they do to sort of break that comfort zone and maybe get some more to travel? So I, I think, um, I, I think that you have to see that fear of coming out of your comfort zone as the greatest gift, because I've heard this a million times. I've had people write to me. I know it's at three o'clock in the morning going, listen, I have never left Canada and I'm meeting at a hotel in Rome, your drivers, and I don't even have an address where I'm going. I think I'm crazy. I think I'm mad. What if, what if, and you know, and when they get here, they're like the best. It's, it's that, it's that first leap, mm -hmm. you know, and that, First sleep, they feel silly, like, why was I so nervous? You know, and then they make another. I went to India on my own. Um, I flew and I was quite frightened. You know, I think I was 55 when I went. I flew to New Delhi and I arrived in a country that is so different from any other country you can't imagine. Italy is not so different from anywhere else. And I, 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 I stayed in this hotel room and then I got on another plane and I went up to the Himalayas, the the, the, the beginning of the, the mountains and the beginning of the Ganges and took a taxi driver and I sat in the back saying, what is wrong with you? You have to prove yourself. You're so stupid. By the time I had two weeks there, I was a changed person. Mm -hmm. I met people, local people, tourists. I met, I had the time of my life and I was absolutely, you know, safe. So Coming to little old Italy, it's really not that different, believe me. Um, and, and so I think you have to see that first step of, of travel uh, as, as your gift to yourself. Mm -hmm. Tick, done it. Tick, yeah. next thing. 
tick, you know, you be prepared, you be organized. If you can get through the paperwork that we've had to do, and I've traveled a lot in the last two years, you know, uh, that you have to get to get on a plane with COVID and this and this and this, you know, that's easing up now. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> it was like nobody, not one person has ever asked me for a piece of paperwork and, uh, you know, in all yes. the times I've traveled in the last two years, but you have to do it, you know, yeah, yeah. But, but, and it's, it's overwhelming and you're thinking, okay, so where's my locator number and where's my, this, okay. That's the hardest part of the whole thing. You will be handed a glass of champagne. The minute you arrive here, forget about it, relax. And, and the only person who gains is you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And when you don't, and when you don't step out of your comfort, comfort zone, the only person who does not gain is you. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for that today. I really appreciate you taking the time. I know you're getting ramped up for the season and things are very busy there. And I know you're a very busy person, but thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you so much too. It was great. Really nice. Thank you to Debbie Travis for joining me today. If you wanted to learn more about Debbie Travis's book called Joy, Life Lessons from a Tuscan Villa, you can find it at any bookstore or online at your favorite book retailer. Also, to find out more about her retreats, you can go to www.debbytravis.com for info on all the different ways you can experience her villa in Italy, whether that's cooking, driving, or just relaxing. It's not surprising that 66% of us didn't realize how important travel was for our well-being before the pandemic. But now that we're able to travel, maybe we should look at how we can see the world and improve our health at the same time. More and more people are looking for meaningful experiences that are authentic, ethical, and within the communities they're exploring. They want to learn about and participate in local cultures of the destinations they're visiting. A big motivation for this kind of travel is that tourists want local people to benefit as well, so it's a positive experience for everybody. Keep these things in mind when you plan your next adventure. You may end up creating some memories that'll last longer than a tan. Well, that's our show this week. I'm your host, Dr. Mike Wall. We'll see you back here next week for another episode of the Wellness and Healthy Lifestyle Show on your VOCM.